was told that he would come and the race he would run it would end on an old rugged cross but when they laid him in the tomb the power of the Lord went in the room and now he reigns
One more intro. I messed that one up terribly. Here we go. God bless America. for prayer this morning. Thank you for being here today. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Tim Helbert to take us to the throne of grace this morning, and I want you to pray for our services today. Lots to pray about in our Sunday school hour, but let's ask the Lord to meet with us this morning. Continue to pray for Brother uh, Stone's family and the home going of his mom. Uh, Tommy Stone, you lift him up and his family, and let's pray the Lord to meet with us today. Brother Tim, pray for us this morning. Let's join Brother Helbert. Brother Tim. Our gracious Heavenly Father God, we want to thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, Lord. We want to thank you for each person that's here and made the effort to be here today to worship you, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died yep, on the yep, cross yep. for our sins, Lord. Amen. And on this Memorial Day weekend, Lord, I pray that we can just honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, who have fought for our country, Lord. And for those who are serving now and putting themselves in harm's way, God, we ask that you protect them, watch over and keep them. God, we ask that you will be with each person in our church family that is battling a sickness or has lost a family member, God, we just pray for an extra measure of grace, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you'll be with Brother Greg as he brings the message this morning. Just speak through him, God. Move him out of the way and use him to say what needs to be said to our hearts, God. And most of all, God, we ask if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, God, that you will just prick their heart and not let them leave today without coming to your saving grace. We ask all this in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I'm so glad our God is still in the saving business, uh, still saves old sinners. You listen now as the choir sings uh, one of my favorite songs, God Saves Old Sinners.
Kyla wrote a song about that many, many years ago. 
I'm so glad this morning that when the devil is at his worst, our God's at his best. And that there's always a place for us to run uh, where we can get away because he can't go there. You listen now. As the choir sings, Marsha does such a good job on this. I can still pray through.
We're going to do one more this morning. And uh, Marcia was singing that, and Brother Tim was praying about the difficulties and the battles that we face. Aren't you glad this morning that if you're part of God's family, it's all under control? There is nothing that you go through that he hasn't already walked through for you and prepared the way for you to go through. I love to hear Brother Tim sing this song. You listen now as the choir sings, Under Control.
he can put us through that we can't survive with him I've spent several days in hospital myself I've visited several of our own saints in the hospital and sometimes you say I don't want to go to the hospital I don't want to go visit it's it's just a bad place but it's such a blessing when you see the warriors of God sister Sarah fighting her battle and just praising the Lord it's such a blessing to see her here today to see what Sister Shannon and Billy's been through. And she's here this morning. That's a good sign. That means Billy's doing well, folks. Billy's on the, on the mend. He's doing great. Our God loves us. And no matter how bad it gets, he promises that he won't put you through anything you can't stand. The only problem there is if you turn your back on him when the problems come, you get in trouble. If you just remember that God's there and don't run away, run directly to him when you have a trial. Don't get... It's hard not to get scared, but don't be scared. Just lean on the Lord and wait on Him. When it comes out the other side, you're going to be praising Him. The valleys are deep, but the mountains are real high when God's waiting on you. I promise you. And the opportunity I have to serve here at Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist Church is such a blessing and an honor. And I thank God every day for my church family. Those of you that are here faithfully, those of you that prayed for me when I was in the hospital, those of you that prayed for the other folks who are battling their own issues it means so much it, you don't have to be up here in front of people to be serving God that prayer is so important just doing what you can do it don't matter how small it is if it's raking the yard sweeping the porch whatever anything you can do for God it, it adds up it's big God loves you for it I love you for what you do here for praying for our pastor for praying for brother Ken Miss Renee for everybody that has a part in the ministry here, Lord. Just pray for them. And it, it doesn't matter if you think what you do is small. It makes a big difference yes. for, for God. God loves you for it. And please, if you don't get anything out of what I've just said, just remember God is under control every day, all day. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. When you come out the other side, God's even bigger than he was when you went in. I promise you. Oh, Sherry Hubbard, you're going to be a preacher's wife yet. Amen. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. God's good all the time. Amen. We're glad you're here this Memorial Day weekend. Of course, Memorial Day is the day we commemorate uh, those who were fallen in battle. We remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And before our little ones go out, I want all of them to see this because it's important. The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And of course, Memorial Day is again the day set aside to commemorate and memorialize those who paid the ultimate price. But I also think it's important and appropriate 
that we commemorate those uh, who have served in any capacity. So if you're here today and you have served in our armed forces, I want you to stand this morning, male, female, boy, girl, man, woman, stand up and let us recognize you're all, look at these heroes all over the church. These are heroes. Amen. I'm going to go on a 30-second rabbit trail. Putting a ball through a hoop is wonderful. Running a touchdown is fantastic. But heroes uh, run to what we run from. And I appreciate these men and women for their valiant efforts to serve our country. We've got several in our church who are right now in harm's way, keeping the battlefield off American soil. And we celebrate them and thank them for their sacrifice and for their family's sacrifice as well. Thank you for being here this morning. All right, a few announcements I want to run through with you today. First of all, don't forget our services tonight. We'll be having our Awana graduation. You don't want to miss that. It's a wonderful time. Even if your kid's not in Awana, you want to be here tonight. We have a good time. Support these youngsters as they do a little something tonight. Uh, so keep that in mind if you would. Don't forget our Grace Network item. Thank you for those that have been and bringing that in. Uh, if you haven't, please bring it in before the month of June is over. The one-pound bag of rice uh, is our item for this month, and we appreciate your uh, helping us out with that. I've also listed in your bulletin uh, the graduates who uh, we know off the top of our head or who have spoken directly to me uh, or to uh, the, what Brother Ken regarding those who graduated, the high school graduates and the college graduates. We'll be recognizing all of these folks next Sunday if I left anybody off. Please, please, please let me know when I'll fix it again. When you're trying to do this off the top of your head and trying to remember, uh, it is easy to forget so no one was left off unintentionally, or rather intentionally. So, But if I did forget someone, please let me know, and we'll have it fixed for next Sunday. We have a little something from the church for them and then something from Renee and myself for them for next Sunday as well. And then on Sunday, June the 10th, we'll be having a baptism during uh, our morning service. If you have never followed the Lord in Believers Baptism, we'll be doing that on Sunday, June the 10th. If you'd like to be baptized, see me. I've got the instructions. We do that at the end of service. Uh, coming up on Saturday, June the 16th is our Cornerstone Baptist College graduation. It's 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And on the following Saturday, June the 23rd, we'll be having the golf tournament, uh, which the proceeds of which will go to help uh, offset the cost of our upcoming teen conference. We could really use lots of help in that golf tournament, not only that day, but in securing teams and also securing whole sponsors. All of that information is on the back of the form, which is over in our postal area. If you are a business or you work with a business or for a business uh, or you're an association with a business that could help support a or sponsor a whole, they're $100 per whole, uh, and that's a great way to raise some funds for, that, uh, uh, for the youngsters that are heading to conference and also a bit of marketing for the business as well. Keep that in mind if you would. Teen conference information is listed. I'll give your, uh, call your attention to one other tad bit of information on uh, Sunday, June the 24th, which is the day before we leave. We will be taking up a special offering that morning. Uh, the money that is being used for teen conference pays for the activities, pays for the conference, pays for the hotel, does not pay for the meals. Breakfast is being taken care of. They are responsible for lunch, uh, the uh, folks who are going. And I want to take up an offering that Sunday morning to help pay for dinner. Uh, so we'll do that on Sunday, June the 24th. Help us out with that if you would. 
And then also, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, we are collecting quarters for Operation Christmas Child. The little medicine containers are in the back with the OCC Samaritan's purse on there. You can get about 13, thank you, buddy. You can get about 13 bucks uh, in one of those. Uh, so if you would fill those up with quarters, that will help offset the costs this coming Christmas when we send out our Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. Our goal is to collect 200 uh, uh, shoeboxes and send those out. So every one of those that you fill, uh, uh, those uh, little medicine bottles actually does about a one and a half boxes for shipment, so we sure appreciate that. And then, of course, the Women's Mountain Retreat uh, is coming up August the 23rd through the 25th. Uh, and we ask the ladies to sign up over here in the postal area so that we've got a good count of that and so that that information can be sent in. Just before the little ones head out, uh, got a little something special that I want to do this morning. If you look around, uh, lots of what's happened on the inside of our church has been at the hands of Brother Eddie Gunner. He has saved our church thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, he is eminently uh, 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 talented and, of course, uh, uses those talents in an incredible capacity uh, for a service to the Lord. That's such a wonderfully unique ministry. I talked with the deacons a few weeks ago about how I wanted to thank Brother Eddie and his wife, Patsy. I will tell you this. A few weeks ago, I went up to Patsy. Lord, I don't want to get her in trouble, but i got to share this. Uh, I went up to Patsy, and I said, Miss Patsy, thank you so much for letting us use Brother Eddie. He's been such a blessing. She looked at me and said, thanks nothing. You keep him out of my hair. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So I want both of them to come down here this morning. Both of them. I want y'all to come down. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <clears throat> Talk to our deacons, and they were in complete agreement with me on this. I knew that if we collected money uh, and gave it to Brother Eddie, he'd put it right back into the ministry, and I appreciate that and uh, applaud him for doing that. But I also know these two folks have not been on a vacation. So we're going to send them on a week's vacation to Charleston, South Carolina. Amen. Church is going to foot the bill, all expense paid. Uh, the hotel, I've got all kinds of reward points, going to treat them like royalty. Uh, we're going to take care of the food. We're going to take care of the gas. And then Mr. Nay are also going to get you all a little horse and carry buggy ride so y'all can have footsie throughout Charleston. Amen. There's no date in here. This is just a note to let you know we appreciate you because I want you all to come up with the date to tell us what works for you. We're going to send you on a week-long vacation, and I want you to let them know how much you appreciate them. Would you do that? Amen. Thank you all. We love you so much. All right, let's get the little ones up here this morning. Everybody heading to Children's Church and Junior Church. Come on, make your way down this morning. If you've got any loose change, they're going to come around and collect it. And this is our Penny March. Help support our children's and uh, ladies' programming here at the church. Take off, young folks. Everybody freeze for one second. Sorry. Freeze for one second. Everybody look this way. One more very important announcement. I was going to do it when they went out, but Renee said, no, do it now. Mama didn't raise no dummy. I do what Mr. Renee says. Amen. 
We have one other special announcement. We will soon be having another baby shower because Cameron and Courtney are expected. Now you can take off, young folks. Amen. this morning appreciate your faithfulness so folks fellas make your way down you'll be obedient with tithes and offerings helbert family you all come get ready to sing again be obedient unto the lord and thank you so much for your faithfulness i'm going to pray these ladies are going to sing and we're going to ask god to just meet with us this sunday morning lord it is our privilege and it is our honor to be in your house today lord we pause a moment to say thank you for those men and women who fought so valiantly on american and foreign soil so that we might enjoy the physical freedoms that we have today. On this Memorial Day, we say thank you to those who paid that price. We say thank you to those who served our country. And we say thank you to those who are currently serving our country. But Lord, we also recognize that 2,000 years ago, there was another battle. There was a battle between Satan and God, and it was raged on a cross of Calvary. And Lord, because of that sacrifice, we have spiritual freedom that we can enjoy forever. Lord, on this Memorial Day weekend, we say thank you, not just for those who fought for our physical freedom, but we say thank you for your son who died for our spiritual freedom. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give back in this capacity. Lord, bless the Helberts as they sing in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. Let's all stand together one more time. In your red songbook this morning, we all know the song very well. She was playing it just a moment ago. I'll fly away. We'll do the first verse and chorus. Have a time of fellowship. I forgot it last week. We'll have it today. I promise you. Hymn number 333. 333. Some glad morning when this life is over.
Sunday when my family, of course, was on vacation with my wife's uh, parents and family. Had a wonderful week. I always ask Brother Ken to give me a text message, let me know how services go when I'm not there, and he's so kind to always do that. He texted me last Sunday, and he said, Preacher, everything went great, except one thing, I forgot the fellowship song. And I said, it's all right, as long as you remember the offering, it's all good, buddy. He said, no, preacher, some folks are mad at me. I said, why? He said, because I didn't give them their potty break. Amen. <laughs> Glad to have my buddy Brandon back today. I love this young man. Appreciate him so much. Been a good friend of mine for many years. I think oftentimes we can count on our hands, one hand, uh, the real friends. And Brandon's been a true friend of my family for so many years. Sung for years with the joyful sounds. And uh, I want you to listen to this song that I love dearly. He'll never let go of my hand. You listen now. Sing it, guys.
Aren't you thankful for that wonderful trio? Second Timothy this morning, please, if you would. Second Timothy this morning, chapter 2 and chapter 3. Second Timothy this morning, if you would. We'll start in chapter 2 today. We'll also look at a couple of verses in chapter number 3. You may be interested in knowing that Memorial Day was actually set aside uh, 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 in, uh, right after the Civil War. It was created as a way of remembering those who had fallen on either side of that battle and became uh, for a century known as a Decoration Day and was reclassified and renamed as Memorial Day in the early part of the 1900s and became an official federal holiday in 1971. A day, of course, as we've already said, that we commemorate those who paid the ultimate battle. When you open up your Bibles and you look at the analogies that Paul uses to discuss the Christian life, he has several. He refers to our Christian life as a race. He refers to it as a journey. But in 2 Timothy, the last book that he would write, the last words that we know of that he would pen, some scholars believe hours perhaps before his own execution, he refers to the Christian life and talks about it as he being a good soldier. He uses the analogy that this Christian life is a battle and that we as God's children have signed up to serve on the battlefield. I want to start this morning by refreshing our memories from a few weeks ago. I delivered a three-week series that was all about taken from the book of Esther, all about how we are contending for our faith and taking a stand for such a time as this. I want to make a bold statement this morning by simply stating that as believers, we have given up far too much ground. We are in the state of affairs that we are in nationally, spiritually today because of the ground that we have failed to hold on to. You understand that when you're in the service of the army, when you're in military service and you're on the battlefield, you don't want to give up ground because giving up ground is oftentimes ground that you never give back or get back. I submit to you this morning that we are losing the battle for the culture wars and compromising on every hand, even in churches today, because we're failing to hold our ground. I want to start by making a simple statement today. On this Memorial Day weekend, 2018, we need some soldiers who will hold their ground. We've lost too many. We've lost too much ground. We've given up too much in the battle because the battle is not easy. In the last words of his life, the last days of his existence, Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 3, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, he says, No man 
that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? He goes on to say that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And in chapter 4, verse number 7. In fact, let's even go back to verse number 6. He says, I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. Every time I read from or preach out of this passage, I cannot help but think about that great soldier of our own church, that great soldier who many of you know, Colonel Crowder, who back at tent meeting a few years ago gave up his final battle. Colonel Crowder was a retired Pentagon colonel when I took over the pastorate at Amazing Grace. He was the first one that came up to me and said, Preacher, if you're going to be a pastor, i got to teach you how to play golf. So he took me out onto the golf course on three different occasions. On the eighth hole down at an Eden golf course, on the third time we went out, I tried seven times to get the ball off the tee. After swinging and missing the seventh time, he looked at me, grabbed my hand, and said, Pastor, it's time we give up this battle. This game is not for you. He would go on to be a faithful, faithful servant of our church. He was someone, most folks don't know this, but he was someone that I spoke with often on leadership. Because you can't get much better in my mind than a colonel at the Pentagon in terms of leadership. When he was diagnosed with cancer in August, it took us all by surprise. Because he wasn't just diagnosed with cancer, it was stage four when it was diagnosed. They gave him weeks to live at that point. My wife and I had gone down in the hours before camp meeting on Wednesday night to see him. He was in the hospice facility, the same facility where my mother was when she passed. And as we leaned over, I bid him goodbye. I told him I would see him on Friday. And he looked up at me and said, Preacher, I won't be here. You don't need to come back. My wife leaned over to kiss him. She always loved to hug him because he smelled like Old Spice. And even laying there dying with cancer, he had rubbed Old Spice on his neck. My wife leaned over to that old military veteran and said, Colonel Crowder, you might have cancer, but you still smell good. He looked up at her and said, Miss Renee, I'll put it on just for you. That evening, I got a text from his son, who is also a colonel in the military, who said, Dad's battle is over. He just went home. Renee and I, as soon as uh, the, the, the meeting was over, raced down in hopes to see the family. 
Everyone had left but the son. And he looked at me and he said, Preacher, I got to tell you what happened. I said, Sure, tell me. He said, Everyone was laying, uh, Dad was laying in the bed, everyone was sitting around, and we had drifted off. He said, Before I tell you this story, Preacher, you need to understand that in the military, a soldier doesn't leave his post or her post until she's, or he's given permission to do so. I said, all right. He said, I'm sitting there beside of my dad. I had drifted off to sleep when I heard his voice say, Colonel Crowder. And I looked over at my dad and said, yes, sir. And he said, my dad looked at me and said, permission to be relieved of my... Permission to be relieved of my duties. That young military hero said, I looked at my father and said, permission granted, sir. His wife opened her eyes and his daughter opened her eyes. He turned and looked at them both and said, I have fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of life. And he closed his eyes and woke up in the presence of his Savior. What an awesome God we serve. And as much as that pricks my heart, it's also at the same time broken. For I have nothing but imminent respect for military heroes. But would you listen to me carefully, church? You don't have to be enlisted in America's Army, America's Navy, Air Force, Marines, or Coast Guard to be a soldier at battle. I submit to you that just as much respect as I have for American heroes who have served our country, so too do I have respect for soldiers of God. For I submit this morning that just like we need men and women on our battlefields, we need spiritual soldiers who will stop giving up ground. We've lost too much. We've compromised too much. We've given up too much ground. So with the help of the Lord this morning, I want to very quickly give you a message entitled, Hold Your Ground. What does it mean to be a soldier who takes a stand? What does it mean to be a soldier who stands on the battlefield? We teach our children about being in the Lord's army. But God, give us some men and women who will say, I'm still on the battlefield for God. Four things this morning quickly about these soldiers. Note with me, number one, a good soldier has got to be a good follower. A good soldier has got to be a good follower. I often enjoy going to awards assemblies with uh, the, the, the high schools as they prepare for graduation. I'm always blessed to see those young folks receive their scholarships and their accolades. But it is also eminently moving to me when I see those simple handful of young boys and young girls who have signed up to join the military. You understand that in order today, post-draft, that in order... Uh, to be in the military, uh, you've got to enlist. We're not forced into battle today. Uh, 
We don't have the draft anymore. And so it is an all-volunteer army. Those who are standing in harm's way this morning, those who are on the battlefield, whether they be Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, or Coast Guard, are there not because they were forced to, because they volunteered to sign up. May I pause this morning and say, uh, if you've never signed up to go into battle for the Lord, uh, the first step is you've got to enlist this morning. Uh, That enlistment uh, is not shaking the preacher's hand. Uh, You're not enlisted because you're part of a church. Uh, You're not enlisted just because you show up on a Sunday. Uh, You enlist uh, because you get gloriously uh, and marvelously born again. Uh, To Nicodemus, Jesus says, marvel not uh, that I say unto you that you must be born again. So enlistment today is not signing your name on an army paper, but is rather your name being written down in the Lamb's book of life. You've got to enlist. But you need to also know that when you sign up for this battle, there are rules that must be followed. Every one of you that stood this morning and we applauded you for your service You understand that when you get to basic training, you don't wake up whenever you're good and ready. You don't go to sleep whenever you're good and ready. You don't wear whatever you want to wear. You don't eat whatever you want to eat. You do what you're told to do. Several weeks ago, I read a true story of a young man who told his father that he was sick and tired of his daddy's rules. He was sick and tired of his daddy telling him what to do. Uh, Sick and tired of his daddy making him go to work. Uh, Sick and tired of all the things uh, that his daddy was forcing him to do. Uh, And so to get back at his daddy, he signed up for the military. Yeah, man. It won't take long for him to find out uh, that when you enlist uh, in the battlefield of God, uh, there are rules to be followed. I know that this is not popular preaching in 21st century America, but when we become enlisted in God's army, we don't get to live any way we want to live. We don't get to do anything our flesh wants to do. There are rules that are written down. There are thou shalts and thou shalt nots that we are commanded to follow. And would you listen carefully? The rules are not meant to punish us. That that soldier is being trained to function at maximum capacity. And may I say to you, the rule book that you hold in your lap this morning is there so that you spiritually can function at maximum capacity. A good soldier is a follower. But a good soldier is not only a good follower, a good soldier is faithful. He's faithful. Paul said it himself when at the last few hours of his own earthly life, he writes to Timothy and says in verse 6, I am now ready to be offered. Paul knew that he was about to be executed. Paul knew that his physical life was nearly at an end. Yet despite the upcoming execution, despite the fact that the battle was nigh higher than it had ever been before, Paul would not quit. He knew that as a soldier of God, he had to be faithful even in the immense pain that he was under. Years ago, I had the privilege of going to the graduation ceremony of one of our own soldiers, Zach Reynolds. 
I was, Zach's a little fella. He doesn't mind me saying that in statue. He's not tall. I didn't realize this. When, when uh, they line up for their graduation ceremony, they lined up by height. And so I was sitting beside Renee and Zach's family, and, and uh, I kept saying, Where's Zach? Where's Zach? I don't see Zach. I don't see Zach. And here comes the final row uh, all the way down to the very end, and there's Zach. <laughs> we took him out for lunch afterwards, and I said, Describe to me, Zach, what was basic training like? He said, Preacher, I got one word, pain. Pain. He said, they teach you to go beyond your limits. Uh, They teach you to go further than what you've physically gone before. Uh, And when you think you can't go another mile, uh, they want you to run another mile. Uh, When you think you can't do another pull-up, they get you to do five more. Uh, When they think you can't go any further, uh, they want you to keep plowing ahead. Uh, Why? They're teaching you that when you're in battle, uh, you don't quit just because it's not easy. Did you listen this morning? There's far too many of God's soldiers who have quit because things are not always easy. God never promised us when we get on the battlefield for him that it was going to be easy. Uh, There's going to be difficulties. Uh, You heard Brother Tim talk about it this morning. Uh, There's going to be challenges. Uh, There's going to be trials. Uh, There's going to be tribulations. Uh, But a good soldier of God does not quit just because the battlefield is tough. He's a follower. He's faithful even uh, when things are painful. He also has his priorities in order. One of my favorite things that Paul says to Timothy is in verse number 4 where he says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. One of the things that impressed me or that I was imminently struck by in this graduation ceremony after they had taken their oath and they had made their pledge and shared uh, the, the, the commemoration of being sworn in uh, to America's Air Force. We were allowed to go into the barracks. We saw all the where the boys slept. We were in the men's barracks, of course, with Zach and We saw their footlockers. We saw their very Spartan lives uh, that they lived for the last three months. It was very interesting uh, because Zach did not introduce me uh, to the men around him. He did not introduce me to the other soldiers. Uh, He wanted to introduce me and Renee to his commanding officer. He wanted to introduce his family to his commanding officer. You see, uh, he realized uh, that he had learned to respect, uh, love, admire, and listen to the voice of his commanding officer. It wasn't that he didn't have friends. Uh, It wasn't that he didn't have good buddies. Uh, He was surrounded by them. Uh, But the friend's voice didn't matter uh, when the commanding officer spoke. Uh, The fan... The family's voice didn't matter uh, when the commanding officer spoke. uh, For when the commanding officer spoke, uh, everybody came to attention. At one point, uh, we were hanging out uh, there in the barracks. Uh, We were talking and fellowshipping. uh, And the commanding officer comes in and says, Boys, tin hut. uh, And everybody shut up, uh, shut down, and snapped to attention. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I kept on talking. uh, And that officer looked at me and he said, Hey, you flat top, zip it. (laughs) What did you do? I said, Yes, sir. Amen. 
I'm standing behind Zach, and he said, Preacher, don't embarrass me. Shut up. Amen. Why? Because when the commanding officer spoke, you learned to listen. Because you knew that the commanding officer had your back and he was doing what he was doing for your protection and your benefit. Hey, would you listen to me this morning? The preacher ain't the commanding officer. The deacon's not the commanding officer. The musicians ain't the commanding officer. I'm glad this morning that when I knelt on him, on June the 13th, 1976, uh, my commanding officer became the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords. Uh, and when he speaks, uh, I want to shut up uh, and shut down and listen to what he has to say. Priorities are in order. A good soldier is a follower. He's faithful. But I also want to submit to you this morning that a good soldier... It's focused. It's focused. So we took Zach and his family were with us, of course, as we went out to lunch that day. We were in San Antonio, Texas, at the Riverwalk. Some of you know what I'm talking about. There were all the U.S. Air Force graduates go for basic training. And there on that first day that those boys had been turned loose in two months... I said, Zach, are you hungry? He looked at me and said, are you kidding? He said, I am famished. I said, where you want to go? He said, anywhere they've got something other than army food. Amen. So we head to the Riverwalk. There's a Mexican restaurant there, and we take Zach. His family, of course, is there. We're sitting down having a grand meal. Uh, we order a little something. I think Zach ordered 12 dishes of everything on the menu. Bless his heart, he ate every single bite of it. We go back to the barracks. We drop him off. I'm in, I'm in love with all this stuff. I, of course, never served in the military. My dad did. I've always been enamored by this kind of stuff. I said, Zach, uh, can you show me some of the weapons uh, you learned to fight on? Uh, he said, I can show you one or two. He pulled them out and very quickly showed me how he cleaned them and showed me how he loaded them and said, preacher, we practiced this over and over. Uh, we can do it with our eyes closed. Uh, we can load these things in a heartbeat. Uh, we can disengage. We can engage in a moment's notice. Uh, I said, Zach, how did you learn that? He said, practice over and over and and over. May I pause just a moment and tell you soldiers this morning that in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we're given our weapons for battle. We're told that we have a breastplate of righteousness. We got a shield of faith. Uh, we got a helmet of salvation. And we've got a sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, the problem is not that we don't have the weapons. Uh, the problem is that we just don't practice using the weapons. Uh, we don't pick them up. Uh, we don't practice them enough. Uh, and so when the enemy comes, uh, we're still fumbling around trying to reload the shotgun. Uh, when if we'd have been practiced up, uh, it would have already been loaded before the enemy got there. And there's some rednecks in here who just all of a sudden perked up when I said the word shotgun. They won't get nothing else but that this morning. Amen. A good soldier is focused. His follower is faithful. And finally, this morning, a good soldier is a fighter. A good soldier is a fighter. Verse number 7 Paul, in his last few moments, says, I have fought a good fight. 
fight. I have finished my course. And I think some of the most important words that he ever uttered. He says, I have kept the faith. A good soldier understands that he's got a reason to fight. He's got a reason to pick up arms. Humanly speaking, I don't think there's anything that's more battle-worthy than fighting for our country. I, I, I'm going to go on a little political rabbit trail. I don't go into politics in the pulpit, but I think I'm safe to say this. I have no tolerance for anybody who disrespects our military. None. None. I have no tolerance for anyone who disrespects those that run to what we run away from. None. Yes, I know there are bad apples in every bunch. There's bad apples in every profession. But I'll take our men and women in uniform any day and twice on Sunday. They deserve our gratitude. Why? Because they're willing to fight. They're willing to pick up arms and stand for something they believe in. And for most of them, it's the Constitution of the United States. Now, most of us in here this morning, please listen carefully. You will never stand and take an oath. You will never have to raise your right hand and pledge to defend the Constitution of the United States. But you listen real carefully. When you knelt at an old altar of salvation, when you knelt at your home or when you bowed your head and you asked God into your heart, you pledged then that you would fight to defend this Bible that you hold in your lap. And may I say to you this morning, just like our country is worth fighting for, our faith is worth fighting for as well. And so I submit to you this morning that we are still on the battlefield. We've given up too much ground. We've compromised too much faith. God, give us some men and women who will stand and say, I am holding my ground. Fathers, would you look at me? Your families need it. Mothers, would you look at me? Your children need it. Young people, would you look at me? Your schools are desperate for it. Adults, moms, dads, grandmas, sisters, brothers, your places of work are desperate for people to take a stand. Lovingly, courageously, valiantly hold your ground. I'll close with this simple little story. Last year, Kyla was with us once again. And she pulled Renee and I aside and she said, Guys, I've written a song. I said, What a surprise, Kyla. She's written nearly 3,000 now. She said, I've written a song that speaks to me. I said, All right. She said, You don't understand. Oftentimes my songs don't speak to me the way this one does. But she said, as Bob and I have traveled the country, we've seen too many giving up ground. We've seen too many soldiers. And by the way, Bob was a Vietnam vet. You want to see that big old rugged man tear up, you start talking about being a soldier. You start asking him some of the things he saw in Vietnam, and that big old rugged heart will break like a teddy bear. So that fella is sitting there 
Bob's sitting there while Kyla's talking to us. She said, I am convinced that we need more people today, just average run-of-the-mill church members who will say, I am going to hold my ground for my faith, for my family. And I'm going to tell the enemy, no. I'm going to tell the enemy, you can't have my children. I'm going to tell the enemy, you can't have my grandchildren. You can't have my church. You can't have my testimony. You can't have my school. You can't have my place of business. So she wrote this song, simply titled, Hold Your Ground. And I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. God has spoken to you with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to stand up right now. Make your way to this this, 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 this battlefield of the altar. If you want to come this morning, stand and come right now. All over the building, let's stand together. Everybody stand with me. Come on this morning. I'll come this morning all over. March on, oh Joshua, seven times around. I will give you Jericho, then hold your Hold your ground. Hold your Can't have my children. Can't have my family. Tell the enemy no. God's still in control. God is still in control. Tell Satan you will never, never take me down. I will rise. I will rise. Amen. Yeah, Where you are, pray this morning. All around you, pray for those on either side. Top of Mount Carmel were the prophets of Baal. They cried to their God, but to no avail. As darkness was falling, Elijah prayed. Amen. Hold your, Hold your ground. ground. Tell, Tell the, the enemy, enemy no. no. Hold your I like this line. God is still in control. God is still in control. Tell Satan you will never, never take. No. 
you to listen now to this tag. Old man is powerful. Listen now. Father, we thank you this morning that we have the battlefield prepared in front of us. Lord, we recognize that you've commanded us to serve today. Lord, I thank you for those soldiers who are still standing on the battlefield. Lord, not just the physical battlefield, but the spiritual battlefield. Men and women who said they're not going to compromise, who said they're not going to bend, who pledged that they're not going to give up the ground that you've given them. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, encourage them as good soldiers. Pray that as little children, God, we would stand when no one else around us stands. Whether we stand alone, we recognize that we're standing in the power of God. So, Lord, help us today to hold our ground. Pleading the blood of Jesus on all that we do. Help us, Lord, to hold our ground. Tell the enemy no. Lord, we know that you are still in control. God is still in control. Look this way for me this morning. God bless your heart. Give us a big amen. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed today. Be back tonight at 6 o'clock for a WANA graduation. Fellowship with each other uh, as you're dismissed today. Thank you for coming this morning.